Why don't you give this great youth staff and choir and singers and everybody a great big hand. Amen. Here's one thing you can be sure of that God can move anywhere, but it's certainly more fun when it's prepared, there's practice, there's people that have put the effort forth. But here's the thing, what's amazing is when people prepare and put forth effort and practice and they also prepare in the spirit and they pray and ask God to move, it's awfully good when that all comes together, amen? Amen. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes with me right now. I want you to close your eyes and just ask God to touch. Ask him to speak to you tonight. Jesus, we thank you. God, we thank you for all you've done. We thank you, Lord, for this place. We thank you that we can come together with your people. Look at your word in your house, God. I'm asking you to speak to every, every person, God, young person, old person, whatever they are, every person, God. I pray that you'd speak directly. I pray that you'd challenge our spirits and our faith, God. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to see above and beyond that which we currently see. And we thank you for what you're going to do, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Why don't you just say, in Jesus' name. We just tell you real fast, there's nothing like the name of Jesus. There's nothing like the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to, you can be seated. I'm going to read scripture here in just a few moments. But before we jump into this, I do want to say one more time, thank you so much. I, um, I am so thrilled to be with you, and I don't take it lightly, this opportunity to come and be with all of you. And I appreciate those kind words, but I um, give them right back because it's good to be with real people, and I feel the same way. Um, I'm thankful for your pastor, and, uh, or for the local pastor and for the pastor's wife. But guess what? I'm thankful for your pastor, too. Everybody say, my pastor? Yes, your pastor. I'm thankful for your pastor, too. Your pastor and your pastor's wife and um, your youth pastor, your youth pastor's wife. And all they do, um, if you're thankful for all of them, just clap your hands one more time. Amen. Listen, I just said clap your hands. Some of y'all took that way with too much liberty there. Some of you guys got out of control. With that, I'm not going to the afterburner. Um, <laughs> Are you excited about that? Amen. I'm, cool. All right. They seem real excited. Amen. It was almost 400 years ago, the French philosopher Rene Descartes said, cogito ergo sum, which translated from Latin, Latin into English means, I think. Anybody know the rest? Therefore, I am. It became the foundational element of Western philosophy, and Descartes is called by some as the father of modern philosophy. It began a whole new wave of change concerning thinking. From then in 1644 to today, thinking has driven the world we live in and, and, and opened up new avenues of exploration after the world opened their minds and they began to simply think. Everybody say think. Some of the greatest inventions came when people began to think. The light bulb, the steam engine, some that you and I are thankful for today, the phone and the computer, just people thinking, people beginning to think. And so it lends to the fundamental principle.
premise of thinking that is thinking has power. Everybody say it has power. Just to help you understand real fast, the matchless word of God often speaks of thinking. David spoke of it in the Psalms. Jesus did in the Sermon on the Mountain, Matthew 5 and 7. Paul did before Agrippa in Acts 26 and to the church in the Roman epistle. As it is this concept that we must understand the psalmist's hints of our subject when he said in Psalm 94 and 11, the Lord knows the thoughts of man. Which while we naturally, we understand this is this imposing idea, so it seems, it's also packed with possibility that God knows your thoughts. Imagine this with me. Imagine and understand with me that God, the God of heaven, is aware of your thoughts. Now, some might be scared to death at this point. Like, oh, no. Others might be excited. But never think that God does not know or care about you. Never think that he is not aware of you. As, as was mentioned during the testimony, during song service, God knows where you're at. He is aware of where you're at. That's why the Hebrew writer said in his fourth chapter, for we, not have, we have not a high priest which cannot be, the, be touched by, with the feeling of our infirmities. It lets us know that he sees us where we are. He understands where we are. I just want to help you understand real fast, right off the bat, that God knows where you're at. You drove here with your youth group, but God knows where you're at. You left school today down and out, but God knows where you're at. You didn't know if everything would work out, but God knows where you're at. Amen. Now, I know usually I'd come up here and read a scripture, and I'd ask you to clap your hands or give your neighbor a high five. I just felt to jump into it, so why don't you jump into it with me, all right? Is that all right? I know I broke the code of Pentecost, so just come on with me, all right? Is that okay? Man, y'all are scaring me to death right now. But here's the deal. Here's the thing I want you to see is God is touched by our feelings and also by our thinking. Touch means to have the same feeling as another person. And, and, and you have to see that when, he's, when, when he sees what we're dealing with and he is moved by what we're dealing with, that means that he also feels and, and, and is moved just like you and I when we're dealing with things. When we're dealing with these certain situations, we are at times searching for something from God. We're at times searching for an answer. He knows about you and he cares about you. And the very lie that the devil has peddled to everyone Everyone from, from Eve to Judas is this, that God doesn't care about you. God is not aware of you. God doesn't think about you. But let's meet this head on and let's understand one thing, that he knows about me, he cares about me, he's aware of me, he sees every hair that's on my head. I thank God that I've got, that I've got a God that cares about me. Psalm 23, this, the verse says in chapter, or verse 1, reading through some of this, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Thou preparest, he's done all these things. Preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. And lastly, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, the psalmist started out being by himself. But then he got to a point where he said, you know what? You've done all these things for me. Why? Because you care about me. Why? Because you see the situation I'm in. So I know one thing now, that goodness and mercy are with me. They're with me. You see, you seem all alone. You feel all alone. You, you, you feel like you're in a dark situation. You feel like you're by yourself. But let me just help you understand right now that you have someone with you. But the deal is, the thing I want to talk about a little bit is that you and I, as I kind of mentioned, and I'm not by any means wanting to be negative, but by, uh, by having uh, um, the, the ability to, to be around some of the things we're around. I've gained a new perspective because we, as I've said, we started a church eight years ago and we've had new kids come in. When we, when we go to the youth rallies, we're the group that everybody's like, man, they, they, they look a little bit different. Our kids aren't, don't know how to worship quite yet. They're brand new, half of them. Um, if you got on their Instagram page, it, it's like scary because I'm trying to like, hey guys, come on now. You don't want to post that and you don't want to do that. They don't know how to be Pentecostal yet. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean by that? Some of y'all are weirded out not knowing what I'm saying here. They don't, they don't know. They're not, they, they don't have the mechanics of it down. But the thing is, I, I almost enjoy the idea that because it's all brand new to them. It's all something that's brand new. When they experience things like we've experienced tonight, they just feel the emotion that's attached to their heart, wanting something they feel, desiring what they, what they have. But they're not caught up just with it being programmed. But what the deal, the, the, the thing they experience is they begin to kind of think, and they begin to hear the voices of those that are testifying. They begin to hear the songs and they think you know what this isn't just a course we sing to get ramped up for the service then we leave no they begin to say you're telling me he's a way maker and I've been told all this time that there's nothing that can happen you're telling me somebody can walk with me and someone can talk with me you're telling me I can have that all this time I thought I was by myself when they begin to think and say, I've got these things and I experience these things, it begins to ignite something in them. But what's amazing is it also begins to move God. The scripture says in James 4 and 8 that I, if, it says draw near to God. In other words, if I take a step to God, then what? He will take a step to me. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. I've got the power to move the almighty creator. Yeah, we know that, yeah, that's right. No, when you think about it, when you think about it, when you stop and you think about it and you begin to understand I'm dealing with something small in my life. My family had a small crisis in, in our, in, in, in the situation seems so great. But when I really think about the one that flung the stars into the heavens, when I think about the one that breathed life into those that we, he first formed out of the dust of the earth, when I begin to think about it, I should get excited and know that he's a God that can heal. He's a God that can touch. He's a God that can change but when I think about it and connect it to the fact that he cares about me he's aware of me the God that did all those things the God that did those very things can feel what I'm feeling and he cares about me there's nothing that should keep me out of being excited about the God I serve amen 
Amen. You ought, to, you ought to get excited. You ought to understand that he's a God that can. He's a God that is fully aware. Isaiah prophesied and told of a time that would come. He said there was going to be a day when anyone thirsty could come and drink. Those with no money could buy. He challenged us to seek the Lord in verse 4 and return to him. And, and, and the Bible says return and he would have mercy. And then we come to this verse, this, this, this big verse in Isaiah 55. It simply says, Isaiah 55 and 8, for my my thoughts are not your thoughts. He goes on to say, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, initially, this teaches of the lofty nature of God. His thoughts and ways are not like humanity's. His, his thoughts and ways are not like um, your, you and I's. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, his ways and thoughts are higher than ours. And, and while this is right, we have to look at this and understand it completely and see exactly what, what, what this teaches and shows us. For God describes his thoughts in context of our thoughts. He uses ours. Our thinking is the point of reference that he's describing. Is this okay tonight? He's looking at your thinking. He's looking at your idea and your mindset and using yours to say that where you are, then, then you can understand where my is. God knew we could never imagine, never comprehend, much less understand his thoughts. So he did this. He started with your thought, with my thought. Paul said in Romans 11 that his ways are past finding out. So it begins the subject when the framework of our thinking, God says that in verse 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Just like the heavens are higher than the earth, uh, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He gives us the clue to discovering the height of his, of his thinking, the way that he works. As any great teacher, he used the familiar to describe the unfamiliar. So again, everybody say my thoughts. Now, now look at your neighbor and say your thoughts are not my thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Now we got that established, right? Everybody say we're good. All right, that, that was really kind of cool. Y'all should have seen what I saw from here. It was really good. Understand something real fast. He's, he's saying that you can't understand how my, my thoughts are, but you can understand yours. So, so if you can get yours, then there's a way to kind of figure out where mine are. If you can figure out where yours are, my thoughts are higher than that. It's the difference between those who have knowledge and those who don't, or those who have understanding and those who don't. Or, 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 or um, um, let me go a step farther, those, those who have faith and those who don't. You see, that's why we can have a service like this and some people can say, you know what, I'm down and out. And somebody else can say, I'm down and out too. But one can walk out and say, God just did a miracle in my life. And the other one can say, man, I didn't feel anything. It's the difference between knowing where you are and having faith and believing in a God that can. Our thinking, now hear me now, our thinking impacts God's actions. We affect the level that God thinks by raising the level that we think. We affect where he is and how he moves by raising our thoughts and our thinking. It's simply the power of faith. Hebrew 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You see that it, the ceiling of our faith dictates the floor of God's action. And if you've come in this place thinking, it's just going to be 
another youth rally, then it will be just another youth rally for you. But if you walked in here and said, God, I need a miracle in my life, and I need you to move in my life, not just that, but God, I know you can, and I know you're able, and I know you can change my situation, then guess what? As you begin to take your thinking higher, God moves a little different way. God will start doing something a little different in your life. It's the impact of elevated thinking. If you can just think as high as you possibly can, then God can do as much as he possibly can. But your faith is simply the avenue of opening up the action that God wants to pour out in your life. Mark 9 and 23 simply says this, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Biblical examples we can look at are throughout the word of God. But in Joshua 10 we find that in the midst of the conflict with the Amorites, Joshua had to win today. He needed it to happen today. It was as high as he could possibly think. So God overlooked what he wanted and gave him what he needed. But God topped it off and he pushed pause on the whole universe, causing the sun to stand still. And the Bible says in verse 13, the sun stood still until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Verse 14, the Bible says there was not a day like that before or since that God hearkened unto the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel you see that Joseph's uh, I'm sorry Joshua's elevated thinking his thinking that he began to rise up with influenced God and God acted on his behalf but it can't happen unless you begin to think it can't happen unless you begin to move it can't happen unless you begin to say God I know you are able Luke 8, Jesus is on his way to Jairus' home. And, and, and just, just stay with me for a moment. But verse 43, a woman who was sick for 12 years heard Jesus was coming and came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. And because she just started thinking, something happened. You see, the, the, the fact is in those days, they, the, the prophets, the religious people would begin to teach that, that a man's virtue was in his garment. It was incorrect teaching. It was not right. It was not the way that things are. You can't just touch someone's garment and find virtue there. That's not the way it works. But because she was taught that, because she was taught that by the religious people that wanted to be exalted and be kind of lifted up because she thought that God met her at where her faith was. Are you with me on that? She was doing her best to get everywhere she could as close to Jesus, but, but when she could not press through the crowd anymore, she thought, if I can just touch his garment. Because she had such great faith, he responded to her faith, and she receives, you see what I'm saying here, is she just began to think as high as she could think. She began to go as deep as she could go. She began to try her best to say, God, I know you can heal me today. It's been all this time, and there's all this crowd here, and all these people are holding me back. But I don't want to leave here without a touch from you. I know I can be healed right now. And God touched her. It was the, it's all she could do. She could. She's doing her best just to think beyond what she possibly had. Uh, her current situation was. She was. She was thinking. In verse five of, of chapter eight of Matthew, Jesus went to Capernaum, and the centurion came to see him, and he said, "Lord, my servant's sick." Grievously tormented, but Jesus said, I will come and heal him. I'll come. I'm, I'm on my way. And the centurion started thinking. 
just stop and tell you when a young person gets to thinking, that's when revive one, that's when things start getting ready to happen. I know, I know, I know, I know we got it figured out. We, we've, we're all tuned in. We got it together. We, we know how to, 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 to be, to, to clock in and clock out and, and all those things. But I'm talking about when you begin to think. When someone begins to say, you know what, there's a way that things can happen. And I begin to understand that God's bigger than whatever box I've placed him in. When I begin to think that Centurion started thinking, Lord, I'm not worthy you come. But just speak the word and my servant shall be healed. The Bible says the, the Lord rides on a swift cloud he began to understand that you can just speak and Jesus heard this and he marveled and said I've never seen faith like this in other words you've just absolutely blown off the top of your level of faith you've raised it up a little bit and because you've gone to that place I can do that very thing in verse 13 it says go thy way and as you have believed everybody say believed as you've believed or thought, so it be unto you. Simply this, that you've raised your thinking. Your faith is so big that it's enabling me to do something great in your life. You see, in your mind, if you have a small God, then you will have a small God. But in your mind, if you have a big God, then you'll have a mighty God. You'll have a God that's bigger than anything you can possibly fathom. We've got to stop limiting God and stop saying you can't. Change my situation. got to start seeing him as something he is. When we drove into Northwest Arkansas, I remember the night I had a 24-foot moving truck. My wife was coming the next day with our baby. I drove in weeping like a child, thinking, what am I doing? I could get up the next day and no one would know I was here and I could hurry home. I was scared to death. We were starting all by ourselves. We had nothing. We literally, after all the moving expenses, no one knew it. I had too much pride to tell anybody. But the first day we were there, all we had was $72. That's it. I had nothing else. But I began to kind of just believe God could do something amazing. I just trusted God. I just said, God, we know you can. We had moved into our house. We had never seen a little rental home that we had. I folded up my coat that night and I slept under the pillow, or on, my, on my jacket under the fan and just rested there thinking God please please release me so I can just get up tomorrow we need to, to do spring cleaning anyways so I'll move everything back in the old house and no one to know we were even here it was supposed to be a joke that kind of tanked there <laughs> laugh when I'm there okay just give me something okay we literally moved in this, this, this little house my wife came the next day and my in-laws called me and said, hey, we're going to come help you guys move in. I said, no, please not. Anybody but the in-laws. And they, just kidding. They're good people. They're good people six hours away. But um, I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. My father-in-law had just had, had just kind of gotten through a few years prior to that. He had terrible back cancer and God touched him and he's, he's doing great. Because of that, I said, well, I'm going to get the bedroom set up. You guys have the bedroom. We'll sleep on the couch, on the floor. And, and, and they said, no way. We're not doing that. Y'all's first night in your new house. And I said, oh, I can't let you sleep on the floor. So I made a great financial decision. Began to look on Craigslist for a mattress. Yeah, not the best situation, right? I know, I know, I know. But here's the deal. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. And it's my in-laws, so it's no big deal, right? I thought I could burn that thing when they leave, and I'll be happy. So I, 
So I got on, and I, I, here's the thing. When you want a good mattress on Craigslist, you type in these words, clean mattress. Because they would only do a clean mattress, right, if it's for sale. So I know it's a pathetic story, and it's disgusting and all those things, but I did only what I could do. I had $72. And so I put on there that I needed it, and I emailed, like, 20 people that had clean, lots of clean mattresses in Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> so crazy, I know. I had, like, one of those covers, so anyways. So... Get discussed and then move, move on because it's a good story. But um, I, I was there literally thinking, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know what we're going to do as far as this church and everything. We, I, just, I was starting a job. That, um, I just started a job, actually, and training was over. And so I was starting right away when we got there, sales job, high-pressure deal. And I was nervous about everything, just trusting God. And I needed God to do something in my life. I began to say, God, give me something, give me something, give me something, give me something. So I, 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 here we go with this mattress thing, and uh, no one, no one responded. I was kind of thanking God for that, by the way. And then my father-in-law and I, and my mother-in-law, and my wife, and all of us, we met at the local Chick-fil-A. Who likes Chick-fil-A? <coughs> Come on now, I've got two of them within like three minutes of my house. It's yeah, it's good stuff. Northwest Arkansas rocks. Um, but um, we went over there, and I get a message. A guy sends me a message back and says. Can, can you meet me? Uh, do you want the mattress? He said, I have one that's like brand new. And he said, we literally put it in a room. It was there. No one ever really. And so I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Thank the Lord. And so he said, but I need you here like in 20 minutes. I was 17 minutes away, Pastor Justin. I was 17 minutes away. And, and I thought, I can go. So I grabbed my father-in-law, and I, I, I threw my little truck I had at the time, and we drove as fast as we could, and we got there. And I, I come up to the door, and and he's there, and, and he says, here's the mattress. I said, we'll take it, okay, $35, and that'll work. And so I didn't want to look too close because, against my in-laws, I didn't really care that much. Like Lysol and all those types of things. So I grabbed the mattress, and with that, his son walks out the door. And this guy, when I walked up, though, the dad, he, I knew something was up right away. I had a feeling. You know when you just have a feeling something's going on with these, these people? And I look around the corner, his son walks out, and his son's wearing a Colts hat, Indianapolis Colts. And I said, go blue. He goes, See you, you know, kind of like one of those, you know, punk kid things. And, I, and the dad said, so why, why are you uh, an Indianapolis Colts fan? I said, well, my grandfather um, um, was from, in, from Frankfurt, Indiana, and we went there all, you know, three times a year or whatever. Through that, I became a Colts fan. I went to school there as well, and, and I love the Colts, and I've just always been a fan, just always been my team. And we in Arkansas, we don't have anything like that. I know the jokes want to pour in now. Y'all chill out. You have rednecks here too, I've noticed. But, um, <coughs> yeah, yeah. everybody thinks they're all, like, all yeah, y'all got them too. Um, but but I, um, um, I, I, I said, you know, I went to school there, and he said, where'd you go to school? And I know, I know I'm in Urshan land. I love Urshan too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not promoting either the school. Some of my greatest friends went to Urshan. I love them all. We did beat them twice in football and basketball when I was there. But anyways, I'm just saying real fast. Just, just, I just felt like I needed to testify. Um, but but I, I remember, though, I remember, though, um, um, him saying, so why'd you go to school? What, what, what was the school? And I said, what was a little school you probably wouldn't know about? You didn't, you know, you wouldn't know about it. He said, no, what was it? And I said, well, it wasn't. It was like a little private school. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't offer that information for whatever reason. He said, was it Indiana Bible College? I said, what? He said, did you go to Indiana Bible College? I said, how do you know about Indiana Bible College? He said, well, I'm a backslidden apostolic. I buy every CD. I've been backslidden about 20-something years, and I pray literally every day that God would send someone to my doorstep. So that, he, so that I could understand once and for all that God still knows about me. 
I looked at him and said, man, I don't know what to tell you, but let me just gather my thoughts real fast. Let me just think for a minute. I said, you just told me, and I didn't offer this information, but your son's here. I have one in every six weeks, so here's, here's, the, here's the time he's here, one in every six weeks. My in-laws came down. We just came here. You don't know this, but start a church. I've been praying that God would give me a sign that this is right. I've been asking God to do something that blows my mind. And I said, I, you told me I needed to be here in 20 minutes, and I was here in 17 minutes. My in-laws, I didn't even want them to be here, but they're here. They forced themselves upon us. And, and we don't have but one mattress, and they won't give up our bed. So I had to do this. I, had, I don't have the money for this but it works out for me. And, and so I happened to come to this moment at this time. It happened to all work out, and now your son walks out again, who's never here, and he's wearing one of probably 30 hats he has in that house, and one just happen, happens to be the blue Colts hat. And I said, go Colts to him, and he said, hey, yeah, whatever. And with that, you ask the question. And so all these things seem to just work out just right, and you're asking me if God still knows about you? I said, I don't know anything else about you, but what I do know is you ought to close your eyes right now. And in his garage, we begin to say in Jesus' name, God, you're a God that knows, and you're a God that cares, and you're a God that can, and you're a God that sees, and you're a God that's able, and with that, that man raised his hand, and tears begin to flow out his eyes, and he began to make new commitments to God, and that day right there started something brand new. I'm telling you right now that God knows where you are. God knows every situation. God knows every trial. God's aware. He's aware of where you are, but you have to say, God, I unleash you. I unleash you with my thoughts. I unleash you in my faith. I know you can, and I know you will, and I know you're able. In Jesus' name. Listen to me right now. That was great for him, but it was just as much for me, if not more for me, because since that's happened, we've had literally 300 people or more than that come through our church. We baptized over 50-something people. We're still working on the rest. We've had all kinds of things open up in our church. We have right now, we're positioned for one of the greatest revivals we've ever seen. We can't fit anybody else in our building. We'll have 160 or so in our small building every week, but I'm telling you this, that I needed to pray a prayer that kept me where I was and say God you can do this God you're able. if it was not for that moment I might have packed up and headed out of town but God brought what I needed when I began to pray what God needed me to pray so, so here's the thing I want you to see it's the, it's the impact of elevated thinking if you can think just as high as you can possibly think, if you can begin to think it. Ephesians 3 and 20, do we have that scripture? I'm throwing it on you guys, Ephesians 3 and 20. Now, I want to make sure we get this right. I want from this moment on you to understand this correctly because this is one of the most, un, um, it's, it's, it's misquoted, this scripture, Ephesians 3 and 20. It's misquoted, and it kind of it brings it down a notch when you misquote it. But when you quote it correctly, it, it simply lifts up what is supposed to be lifted up. It's, it's when it's said right, it's, it's, it's so powerful. So let me understand, let me help you see this with me. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding. Everybody say exceeding. Musicians, you can come now if you'd like. Thanks so much. But exceeding. Now, now, a lot of times we say exceedingly, abundantly. Those are two separate words that don't kind of work together. They're just like, hey, exceedingly, abundantly, above all. 
No, when you say exceeding, that's saying he can do ex- something that exceeds the abundance. I'm talking about exceeding the farthest of your imaginations. Exceeding what you think could be. And when you think, God, I wish you'd do this, but this would be abundant. He's saying that he can do what exceeds the abundance and do even more. He can exceed what seems to be enough or greater or, or plenty and beyond that. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or Think according to the power that worketh in us. I'm talking to some young people right now that I want you to see. You've been saying God saved my school, but you've not really believed he could save your school. You've been saying God touched my family, but yet in the deepest part of your imagination, he's not really a God that's going to move on your family. Your dad's too far gone. Your mom's too far gone. They're too far from something that seems like church type of people. But if you begin to lift off those limitations and say God I know you're a God that can I know you're a God that will the Bible says he will exceed the abundance of anything we could ask or think I believe things will start happening when you start believing I believe things will start taking place when you start saying God I know you can and I know you will and I know you're able I believe you can in Jesus name In Jesus' name. You see, we talked about it just a little bit, but but I want you to to hear me right now. God can do things that you don't even see, that you're not even aware of. They're they're happening in the background. When Abraham, in closing here, but when Abraham came to his men, Abraham was so proud of his son, and he was so thankful for what God gave him. And, and, And the Lord spoke and said, I want you to give him back to me. God, that's my boy. That's my boy, God. God just said, I want you to give him back to me. Now Abraham goes and the Bible says that he told his men, abide ye here, stay here. I and the lad, I and the boy are going to go yonder and worship. They're going to Mount, Mount Moriah. He, he, he knew what was about to take place, but what others would call sacrifice, he called worship. He said, I'm going to go and worship. He believed God was a, a way maker. He believed God was a, a miracle worker. We just sing this wonderful, wonderful song. He believed that. Abraham starts up one side of the mountain, and Isaac looks at him and says, Dad, where's everything we need? We're missing something. And Abraham says, Man, the Lord will provide his sacrifice. When he said that right there, it unleashed the power of the miraculous. At times we're on our way up the mountain and there's moments in my life where I've said, I don't know, baby, but I hope God shows up. Babe, how are we going to make this happen? Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to work out. When we, when we were building at our building, we literally, my wife and I poured everything we had into our building and nothing was working out. And we were so scared of literally losing our home. Why? Because it wasn't because we didn't like to pay our bills. It was because we gave everything we had to our church. I remember going home one day and I was so, so, so scared of facing my wife. Not that she, not that she was upset. It was the brokenness that I was seeing and us not being able to 
figure it out. I decided to back out. And just for the sake of somewhere to go, I drove about five minutes to the post office. And I walked into the post office. And when I opened that post office little door, there was an envelope in there for everything we needed to make everything work. I had not told anybody. I had not said anything to anybody. But someone down in Louisiana wrote a $5,000 check and sent it to us in the mail. And they had sent it to us long time, a long time before this all had to work out. And it was simply delayed because of something. And I was able to drive back home and look at my wife and say, babe, everything we need for us and to make this work for the church is right here. I'm just letting you know that God can. I felt that feeling though when you're walking up the side of the mountain and you, you wonder, where is everything, God? Where is it? And Abraham speaks a word of faith. God will provide himself. God is a God that can. And God's a God that will not. I believe that exact moment. I believe that exact moment. God was able to orchestrate a ram coming up the side of the mountain that was the opposite side. He could not see it. He did not know it was there. All he was doing was trusting God and having faith. But because he had faith, it opened the doors for miraculous to take place in his life. I'm talking to people all across this building that you're dealing with all these things and you're in this moment of contemplation. You're in this moment of not being sure and I just wish you'd begin in this service to say, God, I know you can. I know you will. I know you're able. I want you to see one more thing with me about this miraculous moment is that God ushered up an, a ram and, and a ram's antlers aren't for the deer hunters that are here they're not the same a, a, a white-tailed deer has antlers that come out and you can hear them at times hitting branches when they're running you can hear them hitting branches and, and whatever an elk is another thing all these, these animals we look at are these certain types of that, that they have antlers that come out and they go forward but a ram is built to maneuver through the hillside of a, of a mountain and, and, and not get caught in a thicket. But look what's amazing about what God does. God took what was supposed to not get caught in a thicket because they're slick-headed. The, the, the horns come back and they roll behind their ear. God allowed the, the, the natural order to kind of reverse so that Abraham could say there's a ram caught in a thicket right there. Just tell you when you when you begin to believe and when you begin to think, you'll see miracles open up in your life, and you'll experience things you've never ever experienced before. I wish you'd close your eyes right now all over this place. Why don't you stand to your feet? I feel right now just a little bit of a weight. In this room, I feel just a little bit of a weight in this room. Just, just kind of maybe, maybe it might be one or two, it might be five or six. I don't know what it is. But I want to talk to some young people right now and let you know that what you've been praying, if you can begin to speak it in faith and say, God, I know you're able. I know you can. God, I'm taking the limitations that I've placed on you in my life and I'm lifting them from you right now. In Jesus' name, I pray right now that you release every, everything that you've placed on God and say, God that you, you are a God that can and you're a God that will in Jesus name would you lift your voice right now all across this church in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name God we worship you God we worship you
Jesus' name. I wish all across this building as you continue to pray. Any young person that's in this place that you've been kind of dealing with something in your life and you've been asking God to do something, if you believe is a God that can, I wish you'd step out from where you are and come down to this altar and just lift your hands and say, God, I have faith that tonight something's going to begin to happen in my life. I may not see it right now. I might have to finish my trip up the mountain, but I know you will provide the sacrifice. You are a way maker, God. You are a God that can and you are a God that will